You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everybody. Tim McMaster here, along with Scott Merkin, our MLB.com White Sox reporter. Scott, this is our final podcast of the offseason, the regular season opening day. Coming up a week from Thursday as we record this podcast on Monday. Hard to believe it's coming up so quickly. Um, we're going to get to some big picture kind of topics and questions for you as we look ahead to the regular season and also back at this spring training and then also news and notes of the week. And we'll start there. Uh, James Shields, opening day starter. Some teams have that bona fide ace that's the no-brainer for opening day. Sometimes it's the uh, the young superstar on the rise. The White Sox going with the veteran um, as far as the opening day start. Talk about this decision. Do you like it? Yeah, I think if it was a year from now where, you know, Giolito or Lopez and who knows even Kopech at that point had a little more experience, you might have seen one of them get the nod. But, you know, I- I'm just guessing at this rotation, but assuming it's Shields, Giolito, Lopez... Gonzalez, and then, you know, probably Fulmer to start at least, to starter. That, that lets Giolito have the, if I'm adding right, the home opener. So that, that's kind of a nice feather in your cap. And, you know, Shields is the veteran. I mean, Gonzalez is too, but Gonzalez wasn't in the picture until, you know, after the start of the year. So I think a lot of teams wait to announce these things. And obviously there's some fluidity to it if, you know, injury or something. Like that. I don't think they worry too much about ineffectiveness in Arizona or Florida. It's a lot of times, you know, pitchers are just getting their work. And I think this was pretty much a decision that was made a while ago, you know, by Don Cooper and uh, the pitching coach and Ricky Renteria, the manager, and Rick Hahn, the general manager, and Kenny Williams, the whole group. And it makes sense. You know, I mean, he's starting, it, it starts on the road. Again, I'm not sure how much that matters overall, but I think he's just a good veteran presence to to kick off the season with. And, you know, again, it's it's a nice honor when you're, you know, when you're Mark Burley and you're doing it nine times or you're the bona fide ace. I think it's good for James Shields, who's been doing this a long time, but I don't think it necessarily lays him out as the ace of the staff. It just means he's starting, you know, game one for the White Sox in the 2018 season. Yeah, they certainly hope one of these young guys can uh, evolve into being that ace at some point. You mentioned Carson Fulmer. You would think still the fifth starter, although it hasn't gone well for him so far this spring, uh, starting today, Monday, but entering the day with an ERA pushing 19 in four starts. Obviously, numbers only mean so much in spring training when you're working on certain things, but but that's a big number, Scott. Yeah, I mean, his numbers are, there's no getting around it in spring training. They're really bad. I mean, I think he's had 27 base runners and seven home runs and six and two-thirds innings. But again, you know, it's Arizona. Now, he had a good finish last year. His last four starts were, were pretty solid. And you have to also keep in mind that this is a team that's rebuilding. You know, this is a team that Again, while people have listed them, and, and including the players themselves, as a potential surprise for 18, you know, the White Sox, this is not in the, in the rebuilding map. This is not a year they point to as a contending year. Now, if it happens, it happens. That's great. But if it doesn't, that's part of the plan also. So I think you can give Carson Fulmer a little leeway. And the best thing is you have a guy in Hector Santiago who not only has great experience as a starter, isn't, was an all-star as a starter, but also is very well known to the organization because, you know, he pretty much filled every role possible in his first stint with the White Sox. He closed, I remember, in, in the uh, the first year of Robin Ventura's managerial run. Hector Santiago was the closer. That would be 2012, I guess. So you have an option there, but I really believe unless something changes drastically, unless they just figure that it's just not there for Fulmer and, you know, more than just a spring training mishap, then I think he'll he'll at least get the start of, you know, the season, maybe April or something like that. But I, I, you know, I, you got to figure out what you have in him too. You know, you got to figure. I mean, if they go with Santiago as the fifth starter, then does that mean Carson Fulmer becomes a long reliever, and now you're looking at him more as a reliever for the future, 
or does that mean he goes back to Triple A Charlotte and starts where he's done that a couple years already? So I, I think you know, as one of the things this year, the big thing about this year is development, and you got to figure out what you have, you know, to an extent, so you can add and subtract in the upcoming years, you know, or off even the next off season when you're starting to build more towards that contention. So I still think it's his job, but I think it's good for the White Sox that they have an option right behind him in Hector Santiago. Yeah, it certainly is. And as we record this podcast, Fulmer actually on the hill out in Arizona and uh, got the first two batters of the game. So baby well, there steps, you go. baby steps. There you go. In, uh, and and Santiago will be on that team. He, right. he is a lock to make the team because, as I said, if, you know, he can be a spot starter, he can be a long reliever, he can even be part of the group with, you know, Nate Jones and uh, Joachim Soria and uh, who am I missing? There? Oh, Juan Manaya, you know, with Ricky Renteria not really naming a closer. You could even throw Santiago in there, too. So Santiago will be on the team. It's just a question of where is he going to be and, you know, if Fulmer is not given the fifth start or not, what ends up what ends up happening with him at the season outset? Yeah, certainly something to keep an eye on. All right, here's the five questions I have for you, Scott. Kind of big picture. Looking back at spring training, but also ahead to the regular season. Number one, what turned out to be the biggest storyline of the spring other than your back problems? Yeah, I, I, is question number six, will I be ready for the start of the regular season? <laughs> I, I sure I sure hope and pray, that's for sure. Uh, let me reiterate again, herniated discs are yes. no fun. Um, I, I think the biggest story is just, you know, got to be what everyone expected, and that's the, the young talent, you know, kind of merging together. I, I think beyond just, you know, Eloy Jimenez hitting the pinch hit home run against the Cubs, his former team, and then homering in his first at bat the next day, I think it's the camaraderie that's forming in this group. When you have – you know, a lot of them have not played a long time together. You know, maybe they had, you know, instructional league or spring training or, you know, a little time in the minors or, you know, in the case of like Moncada and Delmonico and Anderson, a little time in the majors together. But I think, you know, the talent on display, the, the, the just huge amount of talent that Rick Kahn and Kenny Williams have assembled and the way they're fitting together as they kind of strive towards, you know, the goal of contending for multiple championships when the time is right. All right, up next, what was the biggest position battle this spring and who's going to win it? Well, I think we talked about it. I think it's fifth starter. I mean, you could you could point to center field, and Ryan Cordell has had a great spring. And again, just as you don't you know go too much off pitchers' numbers, you, you got to be careful on hitters' numbers too. But I think if nothing else, Cordell really showed you know his ability. He was acquired in that um, Anthony Swarzak trade last year, and I, I feel his pain. He missed the end of the year with some back trouble, I believe. So you know they they have a better idea of what he's all about, but I still think Adam Engel with his defense and you know he played Gold Glove caliber defense last year, even though his offense was not good. I think with his defense he will start the season as a center fielder. So I think it's really the biggest position battle is fifth starter. You know will Fulmer, if he has a good start today as we're taping this, will that and another start before the end of spring will that kind of push him forward into the rotation? I mean, is, was there ever even a doubt? You know, were they just saying, hey, he's going through some stuff in spring training, but we're confident in him and he's going to be the fifth starter to, to break camp with. So I think that's the things when I would still say Car- Carson Fulmer will be the fifth starter and Hector Santiago will be kind of the Swiss Army knife in that White Sox bullpen to begin the season. One, two, three, first inning for Carson Fulmer. Today. There you go. So, there there you, go. you go. So he's Live on the updates. right track already. Live updates here on the recorded podcast that you will people will hear <laughs> later. Uh, next question. What prospect, and this is a loaded question as far as the White Sox go, but what prospects stood out the most this spring? Well, sadly, I, I didn't see them except maybe on TV a little bit in some video, but I will tell you I still have kept in touch with many a person from the organization, and I know – Luis Robert just has everyone very excited, you know, with the way he, it's just a different sort of 
reaction with him, just the way he moves in the field, the way he goes first to third, you know, the way the ball comes off his bat. Now, again, like you said, it's hard to pick one. I mean, you know, you have Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez, just examples in the outfield. You have Michael Kopech and uh, Alec Hansen in the rotation. But I'm just going to go with Robert just because he's, you know, he's a little further off, especially with the thumb ligament problem now that sidelined him for, I think, 10 weeks. But, you know, he, he turned some heads for sure. I mean, they knew what they had in him. They saw him in the mini camp in January out there in Arizona. But he definitely turned some heads with just his short time in camp there, too. And, uh, you know, a bonus point to Jimenez, who, from, what, from all accounts, has that approach at the plate that worked during BP, that worked during flips, that consistency that he follows, that plan, that is germane to all, you know, really talented Top-notch hitters. I know Frank Thomas used to always talk about that. Jim Tomey used to always talk about that. You, Jose Abreu, you know, you maintain that plan, whether you're 15 for 20 or 1 for 20. you got to follow the plan, and Jimenez has already showed that in just a short time with the White Sox. All right, up next, what's the biggest question mark entering 2018? Well, I think the biggest question mark, for, I, I, I think the other storyline in answer to your first question was some of the injuries, too. You know, Jake Berger with the Achilles and Luis Robert with the thumb and uh, – Mike Rodolfo was injured too, although he's going to be able to DH this whole year with the, I believe, his elbow ligament. He's not going to, be able to play the field. So I think, as a subsection of that, it's development. You know, that they have to see where these guys are this year. Now, again, it's not just going to be one year and they're going to say, oh, okay, so and so hit 320 this year, so we know he's in the plans. Or so and so hit 240 and struck out 120 times, so we got to look elsewhere for that spot. But, you know, I, I think that's the story is it's just got to be, see how they develop and see how they move forward as a group and you know i mean just with so much talent there i mean they're still one of the top ranked systems in baseball and that's with so many guys already at the major league level you know moncada anderson delmonico lopez giolito i'm sure i'm leaving someone out so i think that's that's the you know just how they come together and how they progress as players all right and then the final question and you said it the players have talked about surprising people this season there's been a little bit of that buzz around the major leagues depending on how these guys come along what has to go right this season in order for this team to i guess i'll say it, to surprise people maybe hang around in that wild card race well it's funny i've talked about this and it's a question i guess it would be better asked uh, for rick Hahn whenever i see him next or i guess i could always call him um we we did share text after Michigan won with the Jordan pool last second shot the other night, since we are fellow Wolverines. But I think, um, you know, it'd be interesting to see if they want, like if you went to them and said, okay, the team's going to be better and you're going to sneak in for that second wild card. And then you're going to lose in that wild card game. Well, that's a good thing. Is that a good thing in the course of the rebuild? You know, I mean, would they rather have a 70? I mean, they're not going to come out and say this, but they'd rather have a 77 win season where they can get another you know, decent draft pick, but guys develop. But I think for things to go well this year, regardless of the results, whether it's 85 wins and a shot at a playoff berth or 77 wins, it's just the young guys have to progress. You know, I think a lot of people last year, it, with Moncada as an example, did too much you know, where he started off one for 20, and they're like, oh, you know, that's what we saw in Boston. He's not going to be anything. And then he finished great, and they're like, yeah, that's the five-tool guy who was the number one prospect in baseball you're going to get a much better read on him this year because he's going to have 600 plate appearances. He's going from pillar to post, barring injury or some sort of unforeseen slump. So I think the young guys have to – I don't even think it's so much about the veterans. Guys like Avi Garcia and Jose Abreu are key contributors, you know, because they're middle-of-the-order presences. Well, I guess Avi would be number two hitter right now. But I think for things to go right, the young guys have to take that next step up. Tim Anderson, Delmonico, Moncada, Giolito, Lopez, and, you know – I think if they do that, 
and they end up being contention, the Sox would be happy with that because it's the young guys who are kind of leading the way. That's what everybody wants to see. And speaking of Michigan, I got them in the final four, Scott. So here we go. Yeah, I, I think they got a shot. I, I have not winning at all, shockingly. Isn't that surprising? There you go. But I had them beating Michigan State in the championship, so I think that's not going to happen at this well, point. Well, I went to Syracuse and picked the Orange to lose in the first round, so I get my— My uh, goodness. Yeah. That, that, was, that zone does some numbers on people, doesn't it? It does. I watched them play bad too much this season, though, to go with them in the tournament. <laughs> well, I don't know if they exactly played great to beat Michigan State, but they scored two <laughs> more points. That's all that matters, yes, right? They certainly did. All right, well, enjoy the rest of the tournament, and uh, hey, opening day's almost here. It's been fun doing these podcasts with you during the offseason. All right, thanks, Tim. All right, this has been MOB.com Extras, our White Sox edition. For Scott Merkin, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time.